This episode is supported by Jimdo.com, the amazingly simple way to build a beautiful and professional website for your business or your personal projects. Show your photography in style and build your website for free. If you want to upgrade, save 20% on your first year with the pro and business packages with discount code FUTURE at Jimdo.com slash FUTURE. That's J-I-M-D-O dot com slash FUTURE and use the checkout code FUTURE. The future of photography. Hey, welcome back to the show where we explore how new technology can help can, can, can help you make fantastic photos. Uh, I'll practice that a bit for but, the next but one. I help you do podcasts. <laughs> well, the podcasting thing. I'm new to that, you know. Hey, my name is Chris, and I'm Aid. Hey, folks. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, we talked about body cams last week. Um, I want to cover two topics on this one. Yay! We're adding two? another topic. Well, That's just, crazy. We'll never keep that velocity up. <laughs> no, no, it, it won't be. We talked about personal drones in episode 12. And there's just a new development that I think we need to cover. And that is a drone called Skydio R1. Skydio. It's just okay. out brand new and it, to me it seems like this is the first the first personal drone that does actually work. Okay? So the, <laughs> well the the, <clears throat> the, prob the problem with these things is that they they do massive Kickstarter campaigns and there's always a ton of people uh, backing those because of all the promises like you throw it in the air and then it'll follow you around and be all uh all shiny and all that for for 500 bucks and uh turns out that is not really possible most of these projects do not live up to their promises um there is one now that has not been a, up on a on a crowdfunding platform but is venture capital backed um by some big firms and they have apparently worked on that for years and it is a fully autonomous drone that employs that has an nvidia processor on board like a machine learning type processor on board the same kind of stuff that is in, in is getting into self-driving cars and it uses computer vision to be autonomous and for that it uses 12 stereo 12 cameras which is Whoa. six stereo pairs of cameras. Just imagine uh, two cameras looking in the front, two in the back, two to the left, two to the right, two, two, two up and two down. So it's all all uh, directions covered. And then one main camera, that's camera number 13, and that's the, that's the 4K video camera with a gimbal that is all stabilized and so on. And that sounds pretty awesome. Is it, is it real then? It is real. It is a product. Uh, I've seen some reviews. They they made a big a big marketing splash over the last few days before we record this. It so so it was it was at least in my filter bubble. It was impossible to ignore it. And uh, some some reputable sources like testit.com, for example, um, have have reviewed it. And there's a link to to that video. And that that thing has again. It's 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 employing machine learning. So it has this this um, AI network on board that has been trained to do several things and it has priorities. And the first priority is, of course, obstacle avoidance because a drone is no good if it flies into stuff. So that sounds good. Yeah, that is like the, that. Main, the main, uh, the main, the, the, the prime directive is obstacle <laughs> avoidance. Um, the second is B 
people tracking. It is trained to recognize people and to be able to latch onto them by some features like their clothes, the color of their clothes, for example. And then uh, you, you tell it, this is the person to follow and it will keep following that person unless that person hides and another person with the same kind of clothes <laughs> comes out. But um, I guess there will always be ways to to make these uh to 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 confuse these things but it seems fairly good and the third directive is smoothness okay video smoothness so try to not shake too much and move too much and that together with the stabilization comes up with a reasonably good video and um it has several modes like a follow mode and then a uh, uh, a mode where it's in front of you and a mode where it goes around you like in circles orbits around you and a mode where it films you from the side and it does all that while avoiding obstacles and the demo i've seen is is amazing because the 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 thing that tested.com did was they went to a forest and then they ran around in the forest which is full of trees and branches <laughs> oh, yes. and things that drones don't like <laughs> and that drones will typically fly into. And that thing maps its environment, constantly maps its environment and does even does uh, some prediction on where you will be. And I, th I think it predicts up to four seconds of, of your behavior. And this thing, at least in the, in this demo, which wasn't, I mean, which was a, which was honest demo. It was like, okay, you play with it, go run and see what it does. And it didn't hit any tree. It didn't get into any branches. It always kept track of the person running. And it does that for apparently up to 15 minutes. That's, so that that's is very impressive. Isn't very, it? very, that is impressive. very, very impressive. And I think that's where it has to go. Now, <laughs> what is not so impressive is the price tag because this thing is a bargain at $2,500. Whoa. Yay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but there's a whole lot of high tech in that thing. And it's only going to come down over time. Well, they, they, these things do, don't they? That two and a half thousand dollars. Okay, all right. So it's not an impulse purchase, then. Uh, definitely not. It's definitely <laughs> something. And and this is the version one. I'm pretty sure they are working on some follow up. But it's a product you can order it now. Um, and and I think it it does. I I hinted to this in the last episode, the body camera episode 18. Um, that that is a different angle of view from the outside that is very different from something that is body worn and in it, with this kind of a capacity i think it is possible to have that that in quotes virtual camera person holding a camera from the outside and, and filming the action from a different perspective so yeah but Sounds yeah, two and a half thousand dollars. Two and a half thousand dollars. Okay, two and a half thousand dollars. So I'm going to pull you back just a couple of minutes to where you were talking about the priorities of this device, right? Yep. So its first priority is obstacle avoidance. Yes. And then after uh, second, tracking, and third, smoothness. I've just called up while you were thinking about that. I've just called up to refresh my memory of Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics. <laughs> that's right? why I used that's why I used the word prime directive <laughs> because of yeah. Mr. Asimov. Okay. All right. So here we go. So so cuz I I think there's something that we should all be a little bit scared about here, right? Because um this is we're talking about this drone is an an autonomous device, right? And its first priority is self-protection. <laughs> yes. Okay. So so Asimov said First of all, a robot may not injure a human being or through an action allow a human being to come to harm. Okay, 
So there we go. Second uh, robot law, a robot must obey orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Okay, that seems sensible. Mm -hmm. You can't tell your robot to go and kill another human being. That's good. Um, Third law, a robot must protect its own existence. So it feels to me that there might be from this drone some some fundamental rules missing. (laughs) Well, if if you if you take uh, Asimov's robot laws as gospel, which I think makes sense because they do make a lot of sense. Um, But then on the other hand, this is a robot that that doesn't have weapons on board and yet 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 (laughs) yes yes. So, yeah, but, well, the, maybe no. maybe as, as these things get more powerful, you'd have to rethink their priorities. So I'm joking, of course. Of course. Uh, but but, uh, you know, but uh, it's, just, it's just a little bit of fun. But I was thinking, wow, do I really want an autonomous flying machine that can follow me, having, its, having self-protection as its first <laughs> law of being? Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, this, this looks actually, um, I mean, if it really does work the way that it, it, it is suggested that it does work, um, this would be so much fun, wouldn't it? And so, so it, much does, awesome it is stuff. if you're not a couch potato. If you if you lead an active life and run around in the forest, it'll be amazing. Or if you if you mountain bike or stuff like that, or if you're a snowboarder, um, then it definitely provide for interesting perspectives without having to do a lot of work. Um, if you spend most of your time <laughs> sitting in front of a computer, eh, it's probably not going to be that exciting. Okay, let's take a quick break and hear a a word from this week's sponsor. This episode is made possible with the help of Jimdo.com. Jimdo is a one-stop shop for you to build your website, no matter for your business, for a personal project, uh, or for your blog or your photo portfolio, whatever you want. And here's how you do it. Step one, choose one of their professional designs, lovely designs. Step two, upload all your photos, your content, whatever you like. Step three, well there's no need for a step three that's it you're done it's all fully customizable though so you can make this your own unique website and you don't need to know anything about scripting html or css code do it all from your computer or your phone or your tablet their ios and android apps let you build and manage your entire website when you're out and about if you need to last but not least let's not forget about the price you can build a free jimdo site yeah that's right free and you can keep that free as long as you want as long as you want then if you do want to upgrade if you want your own custom domain name or your custom email address and a few more features the jimdo pro package comes in at just five euros a month and that's roughly half the price of major competitors and not just that jimdo has also cut out a special deal for all of you who are listening to this right now if you use the code future on checkout you get 20 percent off your first year of either jimdo pro or jimdo business go to jimdo.com future to find out more and get 20 percent off your first year of jimdo pro or jimdo business that's jimdo.com slash future and use the offer code future on checkout jimdo.com slash future thank you for the support and now back to the show yes no that's, that's a fair point um it, it is it, as always is up to the humans <clears throat> to provide the content <laughs> That is true. So, but that that was just a follow-up. Let's get into the topic of today, which is printing. Ah, okay, cool. And and uh, I have, um, it's it's a it's sort of photographic, even though it will will go into different areas. I would just like to look at the current landscape of what's going on here. Um, And if if we look at the history of printing, I mean, initially it was. uh, Do you remember pen plotters? 
Yes. That's that, that's like that's like a with a with a pen writing on paper with an X Y axis thing, and they of, use... often shown in the movies either where they are tracking volcano activity yes. <laughs> or assessing whether or not a criminal is lying. <laughs> they are they are akin of of the uh, data center movie data center with spinning tape reels in the back. <laughs> they um, are indeed. Yes, they were used. Well, they were used quite actively in in, in like for blueprints and things cad computer aided design things and <clears throat> that this x and y axis are moving and uh they are they're having a bit of a comeback right now with 3d printers where you need that arm moving in two dimensions and then a third dimension up to get to the three-dimensionality but um those were then replaced with dot matrix dot matrix printers which uh, are like those, the, yeah. the inkjets and and other kinds of printers that was back in the 80s um you can you can hear them you can you can actually hear them right now that's the sound of a dot matrix printer very very 80s um which is like little hammers hammering uh, uh, <laughs> hammering a uh, carbon tape onto a piece of paper i and, do remember the one that we had at home when i was a kid was very noisy yeah and then those were followed by inkjets like they shoot ink drops on paper line by line and that was cool because then you could all of a sudden mix different different colors and get real color photos photos on paper and those work line by line and then there's uh, the laser printers which do a different process they have like laser toner powder in there and that goes on the paper electrostatically and then it gets subjected to some heat and it melts on the paper and you get one full page at a time in black and white or with the more advanced ones in color and uh Another method that came out was zinc, Z-I-N-K, which doesn't have anything to do with the metal. It stands for zero ink, which is another technology where the colors are embedded in the paper and you can reveal the colors by uh, applying certain different amounts of heat to that paper. So you'd have a print head that has lots of little heat elements and they heat at different uh, intensities to reveal different colors in the paper. It's interesting, not well, they look okay-ish, I'd say. <clears throat> of course, we had uh, Instax, yep. uh, which is well, like Polaroid. It's a chemical process, but uh, I love my Instax printer. Prints and direct it's a, from it, my it, camera or from my phone. Exactly, it's in cameras, but it's also in printers. So you have a digital, uh, digital LED-based usually um, way to to expose these and then print them out. Um, and then, of course, yeah, we get we go into 3D, which, again, is like the pen plotters, but they have a Z-axis and they have material that they squeeze out of a some sort of a nozzle. And it's usually heated plastic. And they build up that thing that you want to print layer by layer. And, yeah, it's plastic normally, plastic filament, they call it. There are other methods there that are powder-based methods. That is powder that gets then soaked in some liquid and then hardened and... Uh, it gets it gets really interesting because um, there are also now like industrial scale three D printers that do uh, that that can print in metal. So you'd have a metal based print that you would then harden in some way, and you can, you can make shapes that you couldn't make with other machining. Mm. And if we look at, for example, SpaceX, Elon Musk's uh, uh, space company, um, they have a lot of 3d printed part in their in their rockets do they 
Yes. Wow. Yes, I do. mean, 3D printing is something that I, I know a little bit about through reading, but I have no personal hands-on experience of at all at this point. But uh, I didn't realize, because, I mean, you know, SpaceX has been in the news with with big rocket launches and, and a man going to Mars or, or almost going to Mars and missing slightly, I think. But um, uh, and when I say a man, of course, I mean a dummy of a man in a spacesuit well, uh, sitting inside unless, a Tesla. But unless <laughs> it's the perfect murder. You don't know now. You cannot find out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That really hadn't occurred to me at all. You have a dark mind. <laughs> no, I, I stole this from the internet. Oh, did you? Okay, uh, fair enough. So, um, yeah, so uh, I had no idea they were 3D printing uh, I think they're, parts. their engine chambers, uh, I'm looking at an article right now, are 3D printed. So they use that, then uh, it is, it is, it is, and and there are then three D printers who do even bigger things. Like there are three D printers now that print buildings. They have a concrete based nozzle, big, and they print houses. Okay. Yeah, they will. But sooner or later, will this this will become the norm, I guess. But there there are other things um, that that I want to quickly go through in terms of what do we have in. In, in the printing sphere. Let's stick with 3D for a second. Um, have you ever seen the 3D printing pens? Not really, no. Now, those are 3D... Um, it's, like, it's a bit like a hot glue gun, but it prints plastic filament. So you can paint and go 3D. If you, if oh, you look, I have seen those, yes, yes. If you look at the video I linked, uh, there's someone kind of making... It's a more it's more for a, it's a more toy kind of thing at this point more like an art kind of thing but uh it's definitely a fun way to employ 3D printing um the the next one that uh I've seen is then is get is still 3D but again more or more close to photography and it is mini action figures of yourself <laughs> if you if you go to this this company in Germany and I'm th- I'm sure there are other companies this one is called minimi3d.de um and if you go on the website you can see a few examples there um what they do is they they 3d scan you in a special like rig or room and then they do a 3d print including all the colors and everything so you can get a little like 15 centimeter figurine that uh that represents you and i've seen one in person so it, it, they are really good they're really really amazing <laughs> now they, they're all they're also not cheap um i think that uh that starts at 300 euros for a 15 centimeter figurine so Whoa. it's yeah okay. it's it's not a thing that you'd <laughs> You just do out of on a whim, but I've seen one so of those. If I'm thinking about having one done three meters high and put it at the end of my street. <laughs> Difficult. Okay, that was, and a bit pricey as well. Yeah. Okay. Fair okay. enough. Okay. Um, back to the inkjet printers. Um, those are usually those usually print from the top down. Like you have a bed of some sort that the paper is on, and then they yes. print. Um, those now also come in vertical. So you can print on your wall. Well, I guess not you can print on your wall because they are apparently quite expensive. But um, they have these printers now that you, you install in front of a wall and they can do like really big artwork directly onto your wall. Okay, that sounds pretty impressive. 
Um, I'm not quite sure how I understand that that's any different from getting one printed and then hanging it on the wall. But <laughs> well, it, it is part of the wall. That is, I think, the main difference. Uh, that it is straight on the wall and not a separate thing that you hang on the wall. Um, I don't really know. Maybe, maybe for public spaces, for putting art in public that you can't really steal unless you take out the wall. I don't know. Yeah, it's like okay. it's like it's like a high tech graffiti. I'd say. Um, <laughs> There is uh, another kind of printer that I find interesting. It's called the hand jet, which is uh, looks like a drill gun, uh, like right. like a, like a, like an electrical drill or an electrical uh, screwdriver, sort of. Okay. But in the front, instead of that that thing that screws and screws, it has two wheels and printing nozzles. And you put it on something, and you slide it sideways, and it prints. Wow, I'm looking at the video of that one just now, actually, as you talk. That's really quite impressive. I think those have probably been around for a while, but, you know, the the, the places in more industrial use on packages, on on machines and things that would typically be done by having some pre-produced stamps put on them now you can be quite flexible you can put any text on there and just roll them along where you want something printed and um, that's, a, that's a fantastic example of where technology has replaced something that was really simple and worked fine <laughs> well but in this case you get, you gain a lot of flexibility doing it this way because uh, you you just cut out the entire pre-production at this point yes it's um, no, good yeah yeah i, I like that i don't those, those look like fun i could imagine um having a lot of fun with that and never letting my children pick it up <laughs> <laughs> now another thing that i've come across when when researching printers was uh, braille embossers there are actual printers out there that do uh braille for for the blind okay and you put paper in there and it makes makes it embossed for uh, to allow people to read them with their fingers so I always thought those were like pre-produced stamps that they would use, but apparently there are now embossers that do it. Again, dynamically, no pre-production required. Just put your medium in, press a button, and you have the Braille in there. Right, okay. Uh, fun thing is, again, back to the 3D printing world for a second, is the Barilla Barilla 3D pasta printer. <laughs> now I, I'm, I'm not sure. Printer, I'm not sorry, sure this is a pasta printer. <laughs> it, I, I'm not sure this is an actual product that you would buy. I think it's more of a marketing gag. But it looks functional in the video, so it does the same thing that you would do with a with a current 3D printer, a, a plastic filament based 3D printer. But instead of using plastic filament that's that's that melts, they have a pasta. Uh, starch-based pasta um, paste and that they squeeze through a nozzle and then they build up their interesting 3d designed pasta pieces and just just layer by layer pretty much <laughs> this 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 is getting into heston blumenthal territory isn't it do you know i don't know heston, who, who heston blumenthal is uh, heston blumenthal is is a british chef oh i'm um, looking him up right now uh and and he uh, he he's he's somewhat of a celebrity chef because he he has some uh very fine restaurants uh that he was well known for but he's also um he's known for having a a a, a, a kitchen lab or a science kitchen where they do quite a lot of uh experimentation with food okay um 
And, yeah, that uh, would certainly go in there. I can I can see I can see Heston Blumenthal actually researching scientifically different shapes of pasta and how it interacts with uh, 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 yeah, with, with other other ingredients on the plate and, and things like that. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. Well, it's a Very. bit of fun. You could you could you could print your own name in pasta or happy birthday or or something, couldn't you? <laughs> well, it's it's like a it's like an ABC soup. What do you call them? Uh, Alpha, uh, alphabet, alphabet soup. soup. Yeah, an, al- yeah, an alphabet soup just with uh, different <laughs> bigger bigger sized special. I want a different font for my alphabet soup. <laughs> <laughs> What an amazing world we live in. <laughs> well, now, now, okay, let, let's stick with <clears throat> with food for a second. Uh, the one thing that you can't avoid finding when you research is cake printers. And uh, you can pretty much print cakes. Now, they don't print the cakes directly. Um, but what they do is, um, oh, it's quite a regular printer um, with that, they fi- that they put special edible ink cartridges in, like a canon printer or there's a brother printer that is supported so they have they have special ink cartridges that print edible ink in cmyk can make photos and then they have sheets of special icing sheets that are just like paper shaped and you print on them and then you stick them on the cake so that's not very exciting that's good old standard printing um but then there's again using 3d printing there's the 3d chocolate printer (laughs) <laughs> and it again instead of plastic filament it uses chocolate and melts that and then puts makes them layer by layer and i think you have to very carefully control the the temperature and make sure it's it's exactly to that point where the chocolate uh melts in a good way and then it's it's it yeah again it looks more like a prototype than anything else but there's a video online that will link uh, in the show notes. I, do you know at this point in the show i have to say i feel like i'm just coming along for the ride this week uh, yes that's that's pretty much what i what intended this to be uh another printer that i found was the toast printer so imagine your morning paper being printed on your toast now again that's not not a thing you can buy and there are several methods of people trying these with uh very varied success um but yeah of course you can brown part of the the toast and the other part you don't and then you have a picture so uh, that, that sounds like fun but again those all all the videos i found and all the websites i found look more like concepts than anything else the <laughs> one the one printer that that prompted me to do this segment on printers is the nail printer now imagine uh, you you want very fancy fingernails and instead of having sparklies on there and stuff, you might have, want to have a photo on there. There are now printers that you stick a finger in and it'll print a photo on your fingernail. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> it's okay. Not that I would like to do this to myself, but... Uh, can, <laughs> I'm sure it would suit you. I can, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I can imagine, well, little podcast logos maybe. Um, I can totally <laughs> imagine people going for that and uh, so far you had to do it in a transfer fashion like you'd have to print it and on some special thing and then transfer it over to a nail and stick it on um that is not the case anymore you can directly print on nails i think that's an achievement that's the future of photography that (laughs) well right there (laughs) well what does this all mean for the future photography um i think at this point i have no idea (laughs) Well, let's bring it back to a serious note. I think printing in, well, I do not think, I know printing in general is a good thing. 
if you have photos, if you have haptics, if you have something physical to hold in your hand, that will have a very different value than if it's just somewhere on a memory card or in the cloud. Uh, I, and, I agree totally. And perhaps today even more value than it used to have when that was the only way of seeing photographs. It, it, you know, it's it's having a resurgence. Uh, you can see this especially with uh, things like Instax, for example, where um, especially the a younger generation who has never had any anything but digital photography, um, they rediscover how amazing uh, holding a photo in your hand can be a physical picture. And uh, Instax, uh, there's a reason that Instax for the last several years has been uh, Fuji's main cash cow. That's the biggest income they have is from Instax, from analog photography. So the haptics add value and all these other printers, the zero ink printer and so on, are having uh, a big boost. Because yeah, a, a completely new generation is it's, it's it discovers the the joy of holding a photo in your hand. Um, I think we'll also yeah, see our works on even more kinds of surfaces, and I'm not talking mouse pads and mugs, but there are. <laughs> oh, there are I haven't like, had a mouse. I haven't had a mouse pad in years. <laughs> I'll get you. I'll get you a bib with your photo on. <laughs> no, it is. It's really there. There's. There's almost seems to be no limit at what you put your photos on, and that's I think a good thing for photography. Even though some some of it might sound cheesy and. Uh, weird and no, I, I, I do, it doesn't actually because because we've been through this ourselves, haven't we? So we we ran a competition not so very long ago uh, to to name our robot Evie, uh, and uh, and the, uh, the as part of as part of that competition, we printed t shirts and sent them out to listeners, right. um, and that was um, uh, that you know. Uh, that was printing a graphic file. I mean, in our case, it was a logo rather than a photo, but it was printing directly onto uh, garments on the T-shirts in this case, although they, they, they do all sorts of stuff. Um, and, you know, doing that as a one-off job and shipping it to a single individual address. Um, and all of this is is because the technology is there and, and, and people can do it at that sort of bespoke level. So... Um, yeah, and it's great. I'm loving my T-shirt. Have you worn your? Have you worn? Oh yours yes, yet? yes, I love it. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> we'll have to make. We'll have to get, get into the T-shirt business sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that's it for this episode. Um, print more. I think that's what we can take away. Print mm-hmm. more, no matter what and where and how. But uh, printing is good. Um, okay. Don't forget to let us know if you're interested in our 2018 TFOP meetup in the UK. We'll still planning to do that and just a quick reminder um, you can help us with a bit of a small contribution over at LibraPay both of those links the TFOP meetup and the LibraPay are in the show notes and we appreciate you uh, getting involved okay that's it for episode 19 of the future of photography we'll be back in a week with another episode until then take care (laughs) bye bye listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Music